Hello, Redemption community. My name is John Hendricks. As always, I'm your host of the Threshing Floor podcast. It's Thanksgiving week, and I know we all have a ton to be thankful for. This week's episode will be a brief one, as I know everyone will be busy with family for the holiday. We'll be speaking with Rob Smith, a friend of mine who won the latest online tournament this past weekend. We will talk about the deck he played and some of those that he played against. I will also give you guys an idea of what it's like to play in one of these online tournaments in case you're on the fence and don't really know what to expect. Also, we'll be going over the details for the Christmas card swap hosted by yours truly. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so thanks for joining again on episode six of The Threshing Floor. Again, I'm John Hendricks, and I am joined by Rob Smith, who won the most recent online tournament. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. How you doing, John? Good. Um, so you want to go ahead and just kind of give a little bit more information on your experience with the game, how long you've been playing, that type of thing for people that don't know you? Sure. Um, well, everybody knows me as Rob or aka Demon Hunter 85 on the Discord and pretty much everywhere else you see me. Um, I actually, early on, I think, you know, my, just a brief history, it's not, it is tied in, I promise, but, uh, my father passed away when I was 11. And so my mom ended up dating the guy who would become my stepdad. Well, at the time he was living in seminary, the uh, New Orleans Baptist Seminary. So when they got married, we moved down there and we're struggling to find some friends. And then me and my brother just happened to walk into this, uh, play group that was going on. It was a card game. And so it piqued our interest and I walked over and was looking at it. It turned out to be redemption. Um, so we slowly got, you know, into that play group's leader. His name was Tom Clark, um, helped us learn the game, help us see what was going on with it. And at that time, I believe it was only up until apostles was out. So this is like a long time ago. <laughs> um, so just apostles, you know, up to apostles. So we're just learning different things. I remember opening a pack, and if you pulled a destruction of the Hushton, that was like, or or the Saul Paul. You were, everybody was like trying to trade their whole binder for it um, back in those times. But we ended up doing a couple nationals. There was one that was, I, I want to say it was up in Pittsburgh, and then the one after that happened to be in the seminary. Um, but the one in Pittsburgh, we we actually went. Um, far ways to getting there and i remember chris bainey was laughing because the first round i got paired with my brother so we drove all that way to play each other at nats and um that sounds very familiar (laughs) yeah i've heard that happen to a couple other people as well and so we ended up you know just that was my introduction to the game and and, you know learning a lot because at at that play group i don't think the guy he was very knowledgeable but like I couldn't figure out when I was in a, my first Nats and I could block with Prince of this World and my opponent was wrestling with a purple hero, how he was able to use, you know, Reach of Desperation to play Authority of Christ and that killed me. And I just was like, well, I'm immune to lone heroes. And then they had to explain the whole, you know, interrupting and your abilities on pause kind of thing. Like, okay, well, I'm learning things now. <laughs> um, took a little, you know, break after two months not too long after that um i graduated high school started working um kind of fell off the redemption uh, scope for a little while and then later on you know i'd say years and years um i'm married have three kids um 
decided to look into it and get back into it. And I was like, there's no way this game's still around. You know, it was just, it was fun. It was like, there's no way it's still the test of time, you know, and all those different things. And so I'm looking around and I actually found a Facebook group that actually, you know, was having, I don't know if it was around my area, but it was just a small, it wasn't a lot of people in it. But in that Facebook group had a link to the Discord. And that's where I, me and my brother actually bumped back on the Discord and were like, hey, this game's still around. And then at the time that I'm talking about now, we're getting back in, Prophecies of Christ has already come out, Phase 1 and Phase 2. So you can imagine playing from Apostles and then POCs there, there was a lot that we had to learn. Not that we knew a lot to begin with, but... You know, we we played up till right when they were introducing weapons and kings, and now you've got like territory class star cards, reserve. It was a whole new ball game. Um, so we everybody on the Discord was very great helping us. Um, and then I bumped into Derek, obviously on there. And one of the cool things that I liked there was just being able to get a contender deck, which was like when I played other card games, you could get the starter deck, but you weren't really want to play the starter deck for too long, like you were mentioning one of your other podcast you're just like, you know i'll play for a couple games and then i want to go competitive and that contender was like that middle ground to help us um propel into that um i remember my brother bought the uh revelation angels and demons and um there's probably no surprise people i bought flood and was playing flood for years after that so <laughs> but it, it, the community yeah, my experience with the game was just everybody was very helpful even though we had that gap just getting us in um getting us used to the different rules that are going on now and how, how things are played. And I think at the time I still like thought that you could play son of God on your own lost soul and playing that against someone. No, you can't do that. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well pretend I'm new and teach me everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned that, that one about the uh, son of God on your own soul. When I played Jeremy for the first time, I, I met up with Jay and Jeremy cause I found out they were located in Alabama. So I drove up and played couple of games with him one day and I thought I'd beat Jeremy and I thought it was cool because he was talking about how he had just done at nationals and things and, and right. I'm like first time playing and I'm gonna get the win and no he's like introducing me to soul drought yeah. <laughs> he's like nope you can't do that on your own soul and yeah. I don't have one for you to rescue so yeah that that was definitely uh one I think the star abilities I finally just broke down on the discord was like okay because I think me and my brother were actually saying there's a star ability, there's a regular ability. And I think we were playing the cards as in, like, you could pick whatever ability you wanted to use. Yeah. It's uh, not how that works when we found out. So, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. It seems like you you and your brother came back into the game about the exact same time that me and Brad did, like, Prophecy of Christ, Phase 2 yeah. had released, and then boom. And we went from GNH starter decks, INJ starter decks, to, yeah, you have this whole plethora of, like, card types these new special abilities there's this thing called the reserve and it's just like oh yeah you're you're in head first before you realize it yeah you don't even you don't even know what's going on like, what do you mean my wrath of satan's not good anymore like <laughs> i love that card before we before we get into talking about the online tournament this past weekend which uh, i would like to uh again congratulate you on getting your first win that's 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 a big step towards uh towards you know eventually winning your first nats because I'm sure that's on the on the agenda right oh yeah that that's next <laughs> baby steps though John baby steps yeah <laughs> um so 
we didn't, we haven't gotten a lot of spoilers lately because if you haven't listened to the podcast last week, we had Gabe on and he kind of, you know, provided a lot of context for GOC and play testing and gave a lot of spoilers or even, even more than spoilers. He kind of gave stories behind cards and things and it, it was, it was really neat, but it led to us not getting a lot of spoilers this week until today or, or this past week. But then today starts, well, I mean, I guess technically yesterday started the new week, but usually spoilers start on Monday for the week. Um, we've got a card called Ridicule. It is a gold and gray purse. And the enhancement side says to negate a hero. Hero's controller must reserve the top two cards of their deck or bounce that hero. Cannot be negated. Um, and then the curse side says to paralyze opponent's heroes with a draw ability for one round. And the identifier is maybe activated on your evil Herod. And we know Herods are coming back with GOC and Gabe has hinted and, and other people in the leadership group have hinted at cards that interact with your reserve in a different way. So this is actually pretty cool because if they, if they come in and this card is obviously could be a battle winner if they have a lone hero. So you play this, negate the hero, and then your opponent has to either reserve the top two cards of their deck or they bounce their hero. And if they bounce their hero, cannot be negated. They're taking their only hero out of battle. Um, what are your thoughts on this card? Like, like, have you thought about ways that you could incorporate this already? Um, I definitely think it's interesting. Um, just first glance when I saw it, I remember not being too drawn to the curse side that much. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's maybe there's something in GOC that might make it pop, but I just remember looking at like, you know, paralyzing your opponent's heroes with the draw ability for one round, like um, maybe, um, but definitely the enhancement side, just the fact that it's already cannot be negated. Um, definitely seems to be, and I think I mentioned it on the boards, more storehouse hate. Um, I kind of maybe see storehouse kind of like falling off a little bit. Um, I know as for me, I particularly stopped using it as much. Um, but just, it's another CBN gray enhancement. Like they have enough of them already with, you know, Balaam's disobedience and false prophecy. It's just really good. Um, especially the fact that they're, you're going to put them in a tough spot and I'm sure there's other cards that are in GOC that maybe you're protecting your deck. So you're basically going to be forced to bounce, um, and just negating a hero. I'm interested to see the, the the identifier that you mentioned maybe activated on the Herod. Maybe there's something with that paralyzed opponent's heroes that combines with the Herod that might make that pop a little more. I really do think that the fact that it's another CBN potential like battle winning enhancement, again, that that's if they don't band because you're only taking out the one hero. Right. I think it's still pretty cool because it's a CBN um, negate. So you're negating the hero, whatever they did. And, um, it's, it's, it's not hero must reserve the top two cards or bounce that hero instead. So you're still negating the hero, whatever, whatever they get from that they're putting right. back. And then the additional, so it's pretty versatile, I think. And the fact that it's another, I mean, I guess this is probably one of those things that they, that, 
could be good with the reserve rule, but the fact that it's another target for endless treasures that actually fits in your main deck. Right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And I guess one of the other things I'm, that I've seen that I was looking at it too, like, you know, lurking to Coliseum Lions is a good way to get out of a special initiative that you've been put in. You know, somebody plays a battle winner and you're just lurking into Coliseum Lions, and then while Coliseum Lions, if you're discarding enhancement, you can play an enhancement, which in turn can then play ridicule right off the top of that. So then you're just going to put, you know, it's kind of like flipping that pressure back. Like if they try to win the battle, then you're just going to bring in Coliseum Lions, you know, discard that enhancement. And now I'm going to negate your hero and make you start to do something. And I think there's a couple great characters still in rotation that let play an enhancement kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, I think the hint that we've gotten about Proud Pharisee is that with some type of limitation, though, I think he may still have a play ability, the new version. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how that's going to, how that's going to work out. I obviously haven't seen the card, but it's been hinted that he potentially still has a play ability. Um, so but potentially that's, that's something that he could come in and play. Well, I guess we'll have to see how that, how that shakes out. Yeah. Um, so as we get into, in, into the online tournament this weekend, how, how was this tournament? How many how many of those have you done, the online tournaments? Um, just off the top of my head, I'd probably say about six or seven of them. Six or seven. So a, a, a veteran in the streets, huh? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know about that. I think there's some that have seen more than me. I have, you know, um, different family things that not allowed me to not be in every one of them. But I, I definitely think that I try to make it every time I can. Yeah. I've only played in the, the one so far um, that I think that was – the September one, if I'm not mistaken, it was the last classic one before they rolled over and started doing the new format. Um, so how did it feel getting, getting your first win? You went into that, that last round. And I think you said that you thought you were the only undefeated through the the first couple of rounds. So, so did you, did you know you were probably going to win or how was, how was that feeling? Um, it definitely was a lot of pressure. I knew I had won the first two games. We played three rounds. Um, I didn't know how everybody else had done. I, you know, I thought I had an idea, but I was like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. So it's like, I'd rather them have their own destiny in their own hands instead of like, well, I need this team to win and this team to tie and this team to do this. So going in the last round, if I just win, knowing that I've won the first two, then it's in my hands. I don't have to worry about what everybody else has done. Um, which actually the third game ended up turning out to be uh, one of my toughest, but um, yeah, it was definitely pressure. I'm sitting in front of the screen and just like, it probably didn't look like it, but I probably had the sweat beads drop in just like, all right, just make sure I'm making every play perfect. And I'm, I'm not misplaying or missing my woes trigger, which I'm known to do or, but yeah, definitely, definitely nerve wracking. So what you mentioned on on Discord for those that haven't seen it that your your deck was a version of Jaden's um what did he call it uh what's the deal with teal deck Correct. from his video a couple of weeks ago so it was basically a teal deck and I think you 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 said you paired that with gray defense Correct um so what 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 um I guess what all did you include as far as like strategies that you were trying to accomplish early on in the game with um, the new format? So obviously reserve access is hurt. 
Um, so, so what were you looking, looking to do with the deck, like overall strategy towards getting to the win condition? Um, definitely the turn one reserve rule is something you have to build around. Um, and I did use, I would say a majority of what Jaden used. Um, definitely. I mean, the way he built the deck was just, it was very smooth. And then of course, you know, as you're looking at the deck, you're going to tweak it to your, like kind of your play style a little bit and like what, you, what you're comfortable with and what you're used to doing. Um, I already liked it because there was somebody wise that told me a little while ago that they only build decks if it has a Maus road offering or something delivered in it. And so I kind of had to keep those in there, but turn one mainly um, prosperity souls being, you know, draw off that. I did drop remnant. Um, I think if I have the list up here, I think Jaden did have um, remnant on his list. I did drop remnant for exiles, which was interesting. Um, even though it's kind of the same thing, drawing on turn one, you can't really don't want to do. And I'm all, I'm like you, John, you're not the only one. Lackey gives me turn one exiles all the time. I don't understand it. I don't know why it's just, it happens. Um, but with all the star cards in the deck, it's very easy to discard with prosperity or do something to where that exiles would work. And actually, it actually happened in one game where I did draw prosperity and exiles discarded a star card after I used it when I'm when you're using your souls to uh, draw two off prosperity. And then after that, I triggered exiles to top deck it again. Um, I would say I switched the rest of my, I mean, he has a lot of the souls that he put in there. I think the, if you look at his list and you could pull it up and he's got it posted, I did drop remnant for exiles and I dropped Hunter for dull. Um, and then keeping the rest of the souls that are like the, the forsaken and the distressed and the uh, basically the stuff that you're going to like the souls that you don't really need to hit turn one or turn 10 because of the reserve rule. It's just, they're out there. They're going to work no matter what. Um, so definitely going around that. And it's good to have a curse in your main deck or an idol, just so you can hit that endless treasures turn one and still get to draw two and add that curse to your hand or activate it. Um, but a lot of with the souls, I think that's the main thing that I did for uh, focusing on the reserve role. All right. Um, what were what were some of the the deck matchups that you had? I know you only played played three rounds, but what were the the matchups? Um. So round one was against I think it's J.K. Powell. Um. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Uh, forgive me. <laughs> Um, we played him round one and he had a sort of a meek kind of thing he was going with a lot of flip characters and meek cards. And I just tried to set up quick and <clears throat> which I did just kind of set up and then just, it felt like I was just pushing him and, um, the teal rescue of dutiful priest after he's got the band ability from new covenant to Jeremiah is very irritating. <laughs> um, especially when they know you have gifts and offerings because you pretty much grab that with your tabernacle and you're going in and you're pretty much, you're going to put them pressure on knowing that you're going to play a battle winner right away. And they, their potential um, negate is going to get tossed. Um, I think in that game, I kind of just snuck ahead and just kept putting the pressure on. Um, one of the other switches that I made, and I, I talked to Jaden about it afterwards. And I messaged him and I, <laughs> 
he had in his original build, I think, uh, Kidron Valley. <clears throat> and if those who know me, I've been a big supporter of Treacherous Lands lately. Like, just promoting it. And every, I think I talked to you too about it, John, one time on Discord. And so I swapped out Kidron Valley for Treacherous Lands and, and was getting probably four to six cards drawn every game um, just off that. And um, round two was against Derek, and he was playing a, um, a modified contender of his Exodus and Egyptians. And it, I think it kind of went bad right off the start because I opened Delivered, and then when I hit the discard on his top card, it was his second coming. Mm. So, yeah, so he kind of got hit real, real early on um, with that, and pretty, pretty ironic actually that <laughs> that he <laughs> yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, I mean, seeing that you're just like, okay, that's good. So that's a good way to start. And I believe he got the first soul against me in that game. Um, but again, once I was able to get that priest combo out with Dutiful and Jeremiah, I think he even mentioned he's like, this is so annoying <laughs> um, with that rescue and. So that actually brings me to some of the other uh, – I know you were – just to cycle back for a second. Um, one of the changes that I made was that if you have that gifts and offerings, you, you know, when I was playing my brother, he was like, you just have to outright banish it because they can still recur it with uh, Tabernacle, even if it's discarded. So I took out something out of the original reserve list that Jaden had and put in Covenant with Prayer. Um, just on the off chance somebody hit it, some you know, it's in my discard pile. Somebody reverence and alls and gets rid of it. Um, I can still bring it back and, and keep that going. Um, but yeah, and then I think there was a one, another point where Derek, um, he banded two Egyptians and one searched for something, one searched for something else. And then I had Melchizedek out. So I said, okay, I'm going to discard two evil cards out of your deck. And I hit his uh, woes and his chronicles. Ouch. Yeah, so essentially I've got rid of half his dominance almost and um and I think the last thing that kind of was annoying was to him at least was um one of the changes I made on defense, which was false leaders, which after this last Nats, I've been in love with that evil character as well. Um I believe you were it was me, you and Yes. Yeah, and and uh, my brother, we were in teams. <laughs> we all three of us had a false leaders out, and I think we called over a judge. Was like, so how long does this loop go? <laughs> yeah, until somebody hits hand limit or, or somebody decides not to not to use it. Yeah. Um, so I did put false peace in my reserve because that's a good one to use with him. But another one that I found was no regard for the Lord, um, which is interesting because you can play it, and then it's XX, and X is equal to the number of the cards in your opponent's hand, and so like. Most people that have their eight cards are going to draw three, you know, so that's like 11. And then they start a search or something playing no regard for the Lord. You're probably going to decrease almost every hero that's out there. Um, but I think at the time Derek had like 13 and I ended up decreasing his Moses. Um, but he had the uh, friend of God Moses cause he was trying to make his Exodus stuff CBN. Um, so hitting that was also a, a big help there. Um, the last round, uh, my most difficult round where, where I was saying all that pressure was the one that was, was actually against Andrew, sign of the star. Um, it was same kind of thing. I started off setting up pretty good, putting pressure on and just keeping it on. Um, there's, you know, the deck has the 
you know, Jaden did a great job, and I, I thank him for that. Just just that core that I was able to borrow from and tweak a little bit just has so much draw power. But the one thing that I didn't count on was Emin. And I may be saying his name wrong, but it's, it's the black and gray Moabite giant. And going against Andrew and attacking with my heroes, he's just making him withdraw each time. So Dutiful Priest is not getting the ability to play that first enhancement if I'm just getting kicked out every time. Um, and then, unfortunately, early in the game, I used my Jeshua to get Noah's Ark of Salvation out of my reserve and play it. So I couldn't even bring anybody in off the bench. <laughs> so I, I was stuck with a problem for a little while there. And he, he gave me some issues trying to get around. I think at one point I almost contemplated burning my angel while he was in territory just to not deal with him anymore. Um, but, yeah, he had, a, he had a, a green profit build that was pretty good. And then he was playing... All, a mixture of the uh, Black Giants. I think he had Goliath, Rafa, Saf, Ishbib and Bob, uh, those kind of things. But that one actually, I won in time, three to two. So it was one of the things where we were like pressuring each other. And I just, you know, for whatever reason, I just couldn't get through his, de his defense. And But the draw power ended up helping me edge out in the end. I think I actually decked out against Derek and I had two cards left against Andrew. So... In in that third round, did either of you play your your two free ones? Yeah, I did. Okay, so so through battle, he he had you locked up pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was he had the answer. It just seemed like, and then you know I was forced to ban because he had the the withdrawal guy, and then and then Goliath also withdrawal. So it was just like no matter what I was doing, he was just kicking him out. Pretty. That's pretty cool. It's nice to see uh, him returning to the game, and obviously he was involved in the game before I got involved. Um, but I, I did obviously. I think everyone's seen his videos uh, that he he had done on on YouTube. Seeing him come back to the game and the fact that he was he was pretty competitive. It sounds like and and took you to the wire. That's nice to see. Oh, definitely great great guy to meet. You know, just we had great conversations during the game. You know, even though it, it, he was getting irritating with his Giants, it was just fun, laughing, having a good time. It was great to play him. Yeah. So um, another thing I wanted to talk about uh, since we, we got you on here, just to kind of get an idea of what you played and what you, you faced against, because some people that haven't been able to, to get a lot of tournament play in yet with the new format, it's kind of nice to see what other people are playing and kind of try to figure out what is popular right now what the meta is breaking as uh, before GOC comes out in early uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. But as far as online tournament for anybody that's out there that that's saw this on discord and, and kind of thought about it and been on the fence, um, how difficult do you think it is or how, how easy just to explain how, how the process is for you. You've played more than I have. I've only played the one. And I think I had a pretty good setup, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But mm -hmm. what do you think about how 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 different is it to play someone that's not in the room with you? Is it is it too prohibitive to that, or is it is it something you kind of adapt to? Um, definitely something you have to adapt to. Um, you know, depending on other people's setup, you know, they maybe they have their screen pointing down. Um, maybe they're only using one screen. I use my computer and my tablet. Um, so I use one to see their kind of field and the other to show mine. But there could be times on based off that setup, you're not really seeing their face. So 
you miss out on a lot of those, like, you know, when they draw, you might see a little smirk, you know, like that poker face kind of thing going on. You, you really don't have the ability to see that. So um, it's just kind of like going off what you see. Um, it's adapting sometimes to the, sometimes the cards are, they're a little hard to read over the camera. You know, I've had to ask a couple people, Hey, can you, if you don't know, I'm not exactly sure what the card does. Can you mind pulling it up to me, show me? Um, I might have a good idea about the ability, but I might, you know, want to know exact wording because as we've learned in this game, wording is very crucial to knowing what you can do to it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some things, there's some things to get over. Um, but I think, I don't think it takes long to get over it. I think once you get the gist of it, at least for me, once I had like my first turn, I was like, all right, first one I did got in there and got over those little bit of humps and you try to, and, you know, of course there's the annoying things where, okay, I drew the hopper soul, but I can't give it to you and you're landing bondage cause you're miles away. So I'm just going to set it over here and learning to keep up with those kind of things or tokens from majestic heavens or, uh, for me, captive priest, you know, remembering that there is a soul there because it's captured. Th- those are definitely some of the big humps to try to focus on. Um, so do you, do you think that obviously I, I personally think that the pros outweigh the cons. Do you, do you think for someone that is new to the game, I think part of, part of the, I guess, trepidation about doing an online tournament would be, well, if I can't see the cards very well and I don't know the cards well enough, have you, like, I think most people have, uh, will grant you enough grace that, Hey, if you need to look a card up, obviously, you know, do that. And I think they increase the the time limit a little bit to offset that. And I, I don't think there's been really any, any bad interactions with, with people just not knowing what the cards do because people are willing to work with you. Um, what, what do you think as far as, have you had any experience to where, where that's not been the case since you've played a lot more tournaments than I have? Um, honestly, in redemption, absolutely not. Um, I would encourage anybody who's thinking about it to doing it to jump on because, you know, so another brief part of my history is I've played Pokemon and I've played um, Yu-Gi-Oh! And this community here, I know it was echoed in probably a couple other episodes, it's just so much better. I mean, I've never really had an issue with anybody to where it was like, well, I don't like that person. Everybody's always been super nice. Um, and, you know, oh, you need to know what this is? No problem. And they'll pick it up, they'll read it, or... They'll pull closer to, I mean, everybody's just super helpful. Um, This community is a great way or does great things as far as getting the new people up to speed and showing them what they need. Um, It's just a matter of asking and and jumping in. I mean, it might be nervous to try something like that because it's a different kind of tournament, but for, and especially because there's not like a constant card shop. that's like, Hey, every night is Friday night magic or every, you know, every week. You know, so doing these things are helping you get better. And especially for me, I could only play my brother so many times and I started to get used to how he plays. So even if he changes his deck to a different kind of a different deck, I still have an idea how he likes to play. And so I might pick up on things and do things. It gives you that experience as well. It's just a good experience to learn and a good experience to actually really test your deck and see how it's really going to do. Yeah. And I think I think the more people we have participate in those, they only get better, um, get a little bit more deck variety and things. I think 
it just continues to uh, compound and get better. And I, I really hope that those stick around for a while. I know that they were kind of brought on as something to counteract the fact that people couldn't have face-to-face tournaments with COVID. And now that that isn't as big of an issue, I, I, I do appreciate that they are still um, going on. And I hope that sticks around for a while, as long as Chris is willing to do that. Um, 100%. So, no, another thing that I wanted to talk about, and again, uh, I plan to keep this this episode pretty brief, just because I don't I don't want a long episode on the uh, Thanksgiving holiday or whatnot. <laughs> but Christmas card swap, I did it last year, doing it again this year. Currently, we have six people signed up. I don't remember the total last year. You signed up last year. I did. How did you, how did you like it? Oh, I loved it. It, it was great. Um, you know, it's. You don't know when it's coming. You don't know what you're getting. It's just like a Christmas present, you know. It's just coming in and just seeing, you know, all everybody come together for this and just doing that little thing. It's something small, but yet it means something to somebody. I know my brother got great cards. I know you were mentioning the great cards that you got. I mean, he had like a, a bunch. It was probably like twenty cards and like three or four ultra rares. And I was like, whoa, like, and to bless somebody and doing that is just. It's a great thing. Uh, I had a great experience with it. And I was actually, right before you announced it, I was like, I want, me and my brother would talk. I was like, I wonder if he's going to do it again this year. And I'm glad you are because it's awesome. Yeah. I don't I don't even know where that idea came up. I was just driving the car one day last year. And I was like, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Like, because I remember in school, like, sometimes we would swap, like, Christmas cards or, or things like that before the break for holiday season. And then – I was just like, hey, we could swap cards, but it, them actually be playing cards, like like playable cards. That's why um, when I did it last year, I gave I was really, really sucked into the new Philistine support in LOC. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm playing this. I got King Akish. There's there's a there's a ton of there's a ton of Davids running around. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build this out, and I really liked playing with it. So that that's why when I gave out my stuff. I built a little package that included a whole defense, like what you could throw in reserve and everything and, and just throw it in a deck and you've got everything. That's and awesome. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and, and again, this is, this is something that is only, it, it, it's only as fun as we, we make it. So got to get creative with the gifts. If you've signed up, be creative as you can, as you're able to. Um, again, the parameters of it is that you send three cards one of them has to be a rare or promo. And then the other two can be whatever you want. You're not limited to only sending three. You can send however many you want. You can send cards that are not necessarily um, on the new card face as long as you do send the three that are on the new card face that make up the minimum. So if you've got a ton of cards that are classic that you're not going to play anymore and maybe you know someone's new, uh, that that you get because at some point you will know the the person that you're you're sending to i'll I'll reach out once signups are closed and give you the address that you're sending to now that won't necessarily be the person that you're getting your cards from because it, it, it's just we assign the addresses and it might break that you get the same person but you won't know where your stuff's coming from you'll just know where your stuff's going and so go above and beyond if you want to if you want to just order a pack of cards, I think that's what Brad did last year. He took the easy way out, just went to Derek's site. 
your turn games and sent a pack of cards, which includes obviously the the three card minimum with a rare. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a cheap way to be involved with it, but then it can get as big as you want. Um, and I think I think just getting creative with that just makes it more fun, and the more people we have participate, makes it even more fun. So, if you know somebody that's not not signed up, if you're not signed up, reach out, sign up, and let's see how how many people we can get to participate. I think last year it ended up being around. I want to say like 12 to 14 maybe, and we should definitely be able to break that. I definitely second that. If you're listening and you haven't done it, it was great last year. Jump in on this. It's a great opportunity. Um, just gets our community closer and the spirit of giving. It's amazing. Um, so then um, as we as we get ready to wrap up here, obviously it is Thanksgiving holiday, so I would be remiss if I did not take the moment to uh, – to thank you guys out there that that have been supporting the podcast. I know Rob, you were one of the ones that I talked about it actually before it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of kind of told you, "Hey, be on the lookout. I got something in the works." Right. Um because I want to I wanted a couple of people to act, at least be expecting it so that I put pressure on myself to make sure that I lived up to and actually got it out. Um because if I'm just doing it in the shadows and nobody knows about it, nobody's expecting it then I can just, eh, I never got, got around to it. So I p- kind of put pressure on myself by telling a few people about it. And I think for the first six weeks, it's been really successful. We've had on Tyler Stevens, who is an elder. We've had on Gabe, lead card designer elder, to talk about kind of some of the behind-the-scenes things of GOC and how leadership work. We've had on Derek from Your Turn Games. We've had on... Jaden from Redemption with Jaden. We've had my buddy Brad on. We've had Jay Chambers. A a whole a whole round table of people that we've had on the podcast. And everybody brings a different viewpoint. Everybody brings different perspective, different play styles, different ideas. And I think that's cool to branch out and and see what other people in the community think. And that's what I really like about the podcast. But the podcast doesn't mean anything if no one's listening to it, no one's enjoying it. And for you guys to listen to it, enjoy it, and then reach out and let me know that you are enjoying it, I really appreciate that. And hopefully this just keeps getting better. I kind of um, hinted with with Gabe after our call last week, um, after we got done recording, and I mentioned that I really anticipate this being a long-term thing to where at Nationals, and this idea just, I mean, it, it, it sounds fun and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but imagine at nationals, instead of waiting for someone to post a deck list and then kind of from memory, talk about their games that they played. What if I took all this podcast gear, which is great for interviewing and like the night after a category, sit down with whoever won, whoever placed in that category, someone that played and kind of get firsthand account of it. And then be able to bring that to the community. And I think that's a really great idea. And it, it all branches out from just starting this, building a foundation. So the first six weeks here, the foundation, as we get ready to move forward and make it even bigger. And that all happens because of you guys that are listening. So I would like to thank you for that. Uh, and, and people like, like you, Rob, that kind of let me talk to you and pump you up about it. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, you know, I know when you asked me um, 
to be on here. I was like, you know, looking at everybody else's resume that's been on here, I was like, I kind of feel like the cheap wine that came out after all the good wine has been served. And <laughs> hey, but, but, um, but that's not what Jesus did. See, he made yeah. it even better. But yeah. I, I think I that, yeah, it's definitely a, a great thing that you that you're doing here. And I actually um, just picking off that idea you just said, I think that's a great idea because right on all day at Nats, you know, it's fresh in their memory to interview them right okay. there later when they're like trying to piece it together after they've been playing for like hours and hours and hours and not including how many pickup games they may have played. It might get all jumbled together. Yeah. And I, I think also like the fact that I've got you on here, I've had brand, like it's not just people that are, that are, I guess, quote unquote, redemption royalty that are, you know, people that have won Nats before. It's like for the, it's, it's in, uh, content for the community and it's by the community like i'm just some guy that's been playing for a couple of years i have no like special qualifications in fact if you want special qualifications you should go find a different podcast because this ain't it <laughs> <laughs> but like we can still branch out and we can talk to people and we can bring them on and like i said everybody's got perspective and it, it's it's really cool and i think it fills a really unique space that redemption needed to be filled um, like, like I've said before, like you can't always engage with the cards. You can't always be playing the game, but if you're anything like me, I think about the game even more than I play the game. Obviously mm. I'm always thinking about like, like riding in the car, boom, an idea about a deck pops in my head, Yep, something, something redemption related. And I think it's really cool that this is, this is a way to kind of start bringing those to the forefront and creating more content for redemption. Um, so also speaking about that, I mentioned on the, the discord that I purchased a BCW collectible card bin. The it's like the hard plastic card bin. Yeah. How is that? 3,200 cards. It is actually fantastic. I've got it fully organized. It is, it, it couldn't be any better than it is mm. so far. I've only used it for a couple of weeks now, but I, 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 I think it's going to make deck building a breeze so I can take a deck list. And I was using card binders to where I had like seven or eight card binders for different card types, different things. Cause I wanted to keep them all organized and separated by type being that I'm more of a competitive player. I don't really care that much about collecting except for maybe some promos, Nats promos and things of that nature. Right. Um, I want to just be able to get to the cards quickly to build decks. But the problem with that is every time I, I built a deck and played one game, then I was like, nah, I don't really like this. Now I've got all the work of breaking that down, <laughs> finding where the cards go, trying to keep them in order. And now I could probably take a deck list from the boards and pull that deck out of this box hmm. in less than five minutes. All, all cards, pull it and build it exactly how it, how it is. Granted, I have the cards. And to put them back probably takes me about 10 minutes to keep them in, in organized. And I've got it organized by type and then by brigade. And then within those, they're all alphabetized. <laughs> so organization is on point. And yeah. it, it, it's fun to, fun to explain that. Well, maybe not fun. Some people probably don't care about card organization as much. Well, as I, I, do. I do the same thing with you. I'll build a deck and then I'll put it together and I'll, and I have mine in binders too. And I'm like, Oh, and I'll play a couple of games. But like, you know what? It, what didn't really do what I, I thought I would do. And, 
And see, I would just leave it in a deck box and throw it, throw it somewhere just because I didn't want to do the work of breaking it down. Right. <laughs> but like, that's why I wanted to do a video of this because this box makes it a lot easier to do. And mm. I wanted to, uh, to show that how I've got it organized. So hopefully I'll be able to record a, uh, like demo or review video either this week or this weekend. Um, but it is fantastic. I know it was a, a little on the pricey side. I paid, I think $65 for it, but if it's a long-term solution to that issue, oh yeah, definitely. I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm I, definitely looking forward to see that video. Cause that's, that I got the same problem you do with all my binders. Maybe, maybe that's something I need. Yeah. Like I, I spent, I brought, I brought all my cards to work and I spent, man, what was it? It was like two hours just taking the cards out of the binder. <laughs> like that. And that's not organizing. And then I probably spent another four, four to five hours organizing. Wow. So, <laughs> it was a lot of work to get it, to get it how, I, how I want it, but I really like how it turned out. So definitely looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Um, awesome. And so that that's pretty much all I had for this week. I just wanted to kind of keep it short and I did want to check in with, with you based on, uh, or, or speak about the online tournament and kind of give an overview for people that might be on the fence about trying that out. I definitely wouldn't let anything hinder you from trying it. The worst yeah. thing you can do is try it, struggle with it, and kind of see some areas that maybe you need to to improve on your card knowledge. There's there's always something to be learned from an experience. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully you jump in and you have fun, and it's it's a great experience for you. I know I I had fun on the one that I did. And obviously you've, you've had, you've had fun because you've come back six or seven times now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> finally, finally got that dub, got the monkey off your back. Exactly. Ho- hopefully you continue some more and I'll keep coming until Chris shoes me away. Yeah. So, and, and see you, you've now won, I guess this is considered a local. I've never won a local. I've won a regionals and a state, but I've never won a local or a district. Make that make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, maybe one day I'll get I'll get my online tournament win. You know, if Jaden keeps playing LOC only, it'll give us all a shot. Yeah, that, well, that's I, that's nothing to say. He did play LOC only, so it probably boosted my chances there because, you know, it, it's Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, again, thank thanks Rob for joining. Thank you guys for listening, and hope you all have a fantastic holiday. I know we've all got things to be thankful for, so make sure you take some time and and acknowledge the things that we all have in our lives to be thankful for. And we'll see you next week on next week's episode. Talk to you later. Peace. Again, thank you guys for joining on this episode of The Threshing Floor. I want to thank Rob for coming on. I want to, uh, again encourage any of you all out there listening that are kind of on the fence about trying out the online tournaments please do it only it only makes the experience better for everyone when we have more people participate and have more diverse decks and it's a great way to get some experience with people that you can't normally play against to kind of uh, keep developing as a player also if you have not signed up for the Christmas card swap please go ahead and do that let's uh, break our number from last year and see how see how much engagement we can get with that again thanks to rob for coming on and joining tonight and we look forward to seeing you next week don't forget i know i forgot to mention it in the episode but 
You've got pre-orders that are still valid until November 30th at Your Turn Games for the current prices. So those prices are locked in until November 30th. So go ahead and get your pre-orders in, and we'll talk to you next week. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. We'll see you next week.